Good morning, Cornerstone. Whether you're online or in person, welcome to services today. I don't know about you, but uh, I miss Andy. I probably miss Andy more than any of you this morning. But uh, we are praying for him and his family that they will uh, be able to come through the COVID well and quickly, huh? Let me pray as we begin today. Father God, we're grateful to be able to gather in this place. We're grateful for technology that allows us to hear and participate, even though we couldn't be in this room today. May your Holy Spirit work in our hearts and our lives to open our eyes and our ears, to help our hearts to be tender, to receive whatever it is you might want to apply to our lives today. And so help us to stay out of the way of what you want to do. Help us to encourage and engage where you call us. And may you be glorified and honored in the name of Jesus. Amen. That little video makes me smile every time I see it. Those kids just look like they're having a great time. I want to be the little guy with the hose. Because that would be fun, just to spray it around on somebody else. So we continue in the Crazy Joy series for an extra week. This morning, we're going to be looking at 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 9. If you're here or online, please open the Church Center app, and you can follow along on the outline that's there. Some of you probably know or remember Stuart Briscoe. He was pastor at Elmbrook Church in Wisconsin. He's an author. He's been on radio. This week on Wednesday, he passed away at the age of 91. Here's a quote that I want to share with you that he used throughout the years. Many people feel that their happiness is directly related to their happenings. If their happenings happen to happen the way they want the way they happen to want their happenings to happen, they are happy. But if their happens don't happen to happen the way they happen to want their happenings to happen, they're unhappy. I'm happy if I can just read that. But isn't that true? If things go our way, we're happy. But if they don't happen to go our way, we're unhappy. Now, I don't know if you heard, but there was a happening in Marietta this week. You know what it was? Yeah, I heard somebody say Costco. It's unfortunate that that's what happens, right? That happening made some people very happy and others were unhappy when that happening happened. Costco opened. People have been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for Costco to open. It's filled the news. It's been on online chats. One person's response online to Costco opening was this. Finally, praise the Lord. I don't know about you, but I never thought about praising the Lord for Costco, I, I suppose. They were happy. 32 pumps for gas should make everyone happy unless you have a diesel. They're not providing diesel. If you have a diesel, you'll be unhappy when you go there. 151,000 square feet of more stuff than you need. 800 parking spaces. Can you imagine that parking lot on opening day? Filled with unhappy people who thought they were gonna be happy. <laughs> More unhappy people per parking space than you can imagine. Happy children who were suddenly unhappy because their parents wouldn't buy them the seven-foot stuffed rabbit. I remember 
about 30 years ago, a parking lot incident during the Christmas season that has made an oppression upon our family. The lot was jammed, a lady was waiting for a space and someone else cut in right in front of her and took that spot. That's happened to you? It's made you unhappy, I'll bet. And that lady rolled down her window and as the other driver was getting out of their car, she hollered out in an angry tone, Merry Christmas to you too. It's made such an impression upon our family that whenever we feel like someone's treated us unfairly or we're annoyed, we just simply look at them and say, Merry Christmas to you too. <laughs> Christmas, now that's a season of happiness, right? A joy-filled season, crowded streets, crowded calendars, unhappy people, packed parking lots. Celebrating Christmas holds potential for joy crazy happy joy to be stolen from our lives. Circumstances or happenings can steal our happiness when they happen to us and we don't happen to want them to happen. First Peter chapter one, verses three through nine, Peter provides proof that what happens to us do not have to steal our happiness. The circumstances of life do not dictate our response. Our hope, our joy is not based upon changing circumstances. It is based upon the unchanging foundation of Jesus Christ, built on the rock, not on sinking sand. Jesus Christ who is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, amen? Listen to the text of 1 Peter chapter 1, verses three through nine. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he's given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this, you greatly rejoice, though now, for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you've not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. May God bless the reading of his word this morning. Now, when I think about this type of joy, I think about my friend, Lenny Paquet. I wish you could have met Lenny. Lenny exemplified the joy spoken of in 1 Peter chapter one. Lenny was six feet, seven inches tall, but he only came up to about here on me because he was in a wheelchair. For 35 years, Lenny suffered from multiple sclerosis. The symptoms came slowly at first, weakness in his legs, the need to use a cane when he walked. Eventually, MS confined him to a wheelchair and a bed, often a hospital bed. The last 28 years of his life, he lived in a care facility Whenever I visited Lenny, I gained more than I ever gave. 
I always left with a sense of blessing and experiencing God's amazing work in difficult circumstances. In Lenny, I saw joy, a deep sense of contentment in those circumstances. And I thought, where is this coming from? What does it take to get to the point in life or in your faith where you can experience this kind of joy in these kinds of circumstances? And with that joy came peace and contentment. It's an amazing thing to find someone like that. When I met Lenny, he was in his late 50s. He passed away in 2002 at the age of 74. He was full of joy. And obviously now, with life after death, more full of joy than ever before. What is joy? Someone described joy this way. Joy is a deep sense of contentment in your circumstances, no matter what your circumstances might be. Joy is different than what we refer to usually as happiness. Happiness is dependent upon circumstances, upon what happens to you. Real joy, this kind of joy, cannot be stolen by happenings. Foundational to all joy is knowing God. That joy is based upon faith in his son, Jesus Christ. Verse six of 1 Peter says this, in this you greatly rejoice. In what? The preceding verses clarify it. In his great mercy, God has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept for you in heaven. It's safe, it's secure, it's certain who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this, Peter says, you greatly rejoice. You see, there's no real joy. There's no deep joy. There's no lasting joy apart from knowing Jesus Christ. If anyone asks you what God is like, you can tell them this. He's full of mercy, great mercy. His kindness goes beyond what we deserve and beyond what we can imagine or anticipate. It is his great mercy that shows us love and compassion in his offer of forgiveness through Jesus Christ. Undeserved, unearned, only by the grace of God through faith, and even faith is a gift from God himself to us, all through God's grace. And believing this, having faith in Christ, brings direction and purpose to life that allows a deep sense of contentment to override circumstances. It is through his great mercy he offers us this new birth. In John chapter 3, a religious leader by the name of Nicodemus approaches Jesus under the cover of darkness. And he's inquiring about what all of this means. And Jesus says to him that if you want to be a child of God, if you want to enter the kingdom of heaven, you must be born again. Nicodemus needed to express faith. To be part of the kingdom, to experience deep joy and new birth has to take place. Not a physical birth, but a renewal of the heart and the mind, the spirit that leads us to joy. Without this, without Christ, there is no hope. We are dead, spiritually dead in our sin, our mistakes, and our disregard for God. Our arrogance can lead us to think that we don't need God, that we are good enough, 
that we will find a way to get to heaven by how we live. And we begin to compare ourselves to other people and we say, well, I'm a lot better than him or her. And we think we're okay without God. We need a new birth a regeneration of our heart and mind. Our spirit needs to be made new. And when the spirit is made new, we are born into a living hope. We're no longer without hope, no longer hopeless, but born into a living hope that holds potential to know deep joy, to experience peace, to have hope in life. And this new birth into a living hope puts us in a new family with, get this, an inheritance. Now, as soon as you mention inheritance, everybody listens because who doesn't want an inheritance, right? We all want that. By the way, if you're writing or rewriting your will, my full name is Ricky Lee Weber. That's Ricky with an E-Y and Weber with one B. My mother wanted a NASCAR driver or a country western singer, and she thought if she named me Ricky Lee, my chances were better of becoming one of those things. Now, I'm here to tell you that Aaron would not allow me to be on the worship team because I cannot sing, and Annie tells me that I'm not a very good driver. So I hope my mom's not too disappointed. If you wanna see your adult children, Tell them you need to have a face-to-face conversation with them to discuss their inheritance. Just don't tell them how little it might be. Several years ago, we rewrote our wills because we had not updated them since 1994, and we updated and gave copies to our children so they would know what happens to our stuff when we die. They didn't really want to talk about it, but secretly, I think they were glad to see where it was going. The 94 version of our will had our children under the guardianship of Aunt Karen and Uncle Steve, if anything should happen to Annie and I. So my girls, who are now 39 and 35, wondered if that, if that guardianship had been removed or if something happened to us, they would have to move in with Uncle Steve and Aunt Karen. We assured them we removed that And we also removed the clause that said they would not have control of any of the funds until they were age 28. They were glad we didn't raise that age to 45 or 50. Who doesn't want an inheritance? The inheritance God offers is nothing like we are leaving our children. This inheritance Peter talks about can never perish, spoil, or fade. It will never break, wear out, get lost, be stolen, depreciate in value, be fought over, destroyed, damaged, or dented. There will not be estate notices placed in a newspaper. There will be no escrow. There will be no lawyer's fees. There will be no taxes. This inheritance comes to us free and clear because of the work of Jesus Christ, and that ought to bring us joy in life. Are you interested in that kind of inheritance? An inheritance that brings joy, lasting joy, eternal joy. This inheritance is kept in heaven for us. While through faith you are shielded by God's power until the entire inheritance is ready. And then Jesus Christ will return, fulfilling salvation and completing all the promises of God's word. 
Peter says, in this, you greatly rejoice. Amen? We greatly rejoice. My friend Lenny knew about this new birth into a living hope. He knew about this inheritance from the time he was a little boy. He latched onto the promises of God's word. He believed Jesus Christ had died for him. And that's why he had such joy. That's why in his circumstances, he could demonstrate peace and contentment. He believed God and his faith shielded him in life, not from calamity, not from chaos, not from a crippled body, but certainly from a life of despair. His hope, his faith gave him purpose in life here and now and hope for eternal life when he died. He constantly turned the conversation to the hope he had in Jesus Christ when we visited. Laying in his bed, sitting in his chair with tears in his eyes, a quiver in his voice that was filled with conviction. He was hanging on by faith to this hope. Do you know people like that? We come across them, don't we? Don't you want to be that person that can demonstrate that type of faith and hope, that joy and contentment regardless of circumstances? I want to be that person. I want to experience that type of joy, that hope. Joy begins. It is sustained and ends in our Lord Jesus Christ. Lenny's joy was based upon Jesus. That kind of joy is not possible without faith in Jesus. Believe in him and find hope. Now, we are not so naive as to think that once we place our faith in Christ, life straightens out and becomes easy, right? Difficulty will come financially, spiritually, emotionally, relationally, in marriage, in parenting, in daily life. I know life is not trouble-free with Christ, but I know that God is in control of life, that he is at work and that I can look back and I can see where he has changed me, where he has shielded me, where he's developed me through times of trouble, through difficult circumstances, that he has protected me more times than I can imagine. Joy can be experienced in spite of troubling circumstances. I'm embarrassed to admit this, and I've had to repent of it often, but I most often lose this joy, this deep sense of contentment in my circumstances whenever I have to fly somewhere. Airports, airports just suck the joy out of my life. The last time I flew out of Ontario, my flight was delayed for two hours. Not a big deal, except I only had two hours to catch the connecting flight in Phoenix. I was kind of ticked off. I kind of swore off that airline for the rest of my life. I got to Phoenix, I ran, pushing people out of the way, kicking their suitcases so I could get through, ran to my gate, I could barely speak, and I asked them if I could get on my flight because they were closing the door to the flight at that gate. They said, oh, your flight's been delayed for two hours. <laughs> then on the return trip, men Phoenix landing, looking at the notifications on my phone, your flight has been delayed until tomorrow at 11.15 a.m. 
so I have to repent of that regularly. Because happenings that happen to happen to me when I don't want them to happen suck the joy out of my life. I don't always live with joy in troubling times, but I know that there can be joy. I've experienced it on occasion. I have seen other people in desperate circumstances express deep joy and faith in Christ and find contentment and peace and hope in their circumstances. The book of James speaks to troubling times. James chapter one, verses two through four, you may be familiar with this. James says, consider it pure joy, nothing but joy, all joy, unbelievable joy. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, you've gotta be kidding me, right? Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. You see, troubling times are a part of a growing faith. It's an opportunity to exercise our faith and for God to work in our lives to create something in us and help us to become someone that we would not otherwise be. And so we can rejoice when trouble comes. Shortly before I met Lenny, his mom had died. Shortly after this, he discovered he could not live on his own. So he was admitted to a nursing home, a care facility. Then his wheelchair was not locked down on a transport and it tipped over and it broke his leg. He was in the hospital for months with numerous complications. When he was in the hospital, he was dropped while being transferred into bed and his tailbone was cracked. He continued to fight infections. He was often hospitalized. He had to sell his house because he could no longer care for it. He needed the money to help pay for his medical bills. He had to let his baby blue 1969 Ford Galaxy 500 coupe go his last symbol of independence, released and sold. Where is the joy in those circumstances? Humanly, there's absolutely none to be found. When Peter writes these words, in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials, he wasn't thinking about my flight through Phoenix. He didn't know who Lenny Paquet was. He was thinking about believers that he was writing to that were being persecuted. They were being beaten for their faith. They had lost their homes. They had lost their families. They had lost their jobs, their source of income. And so these words of Peter apply to anyone in severe circumstances. But the context here was these people that were in severe circumstances because of their faith in Jesus Christ. When suffering comes, whether it's because of our faith or in spite of our faith or because of our temporary physical body, we can still have joy because joy is not based upon the circumstances we face. It is based upon the work of Jesus Christ and the power of the Spirit within us. Trials are going to come. Happenings are going to happen. They're going to be all sizes and shapes, big and small, financial, 
and physical, emotional and spiritual, because of our faith and in spite of our faith, they will come. But remember, they will be for just a little while. Peter says they're temporary. Some might be for a day or a week. Others may last for months. For some, it is a lifetime. But a little while in the mind of Peter who writes has an eye toward eternity. So he's looking out into the future. And this life here in light of eternity is a little while. And these trials have come so that our faith of greater worth than gold may be proved genuine. And when proved genuine, it results in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. How we handle our trials, our troubles, the turmoil that surrounds us speaks volumes about our faith in Jesus Christ. How we respond demonstrates the fruit of the Spirit within us or the lack thereof. In our lives, when people see a demonstration of joy, when they see contentment in difficult circumstances, they are at awe and they become curious about how we can approach life and its difficulties without just coming apart. And they become curious about who Jesus is. They are seeing a visual testimony of God's work in us when we can demonstrate joy in difficult circumstances. In the end, when everything is known and all is seen, when the tests are over and the day is done, Jesus Christ will be praised because of how we allowed him to use our circumstances to test and build our faith and to help others find that same faith in Jesus Christ. Joy is not based upon what we see, but on faith in what is unseen. When Lenny looked down, all he saw were those long atrophied legs of a man who once stood six, seven. Bone and flabby flesh that was without strength or function. When he looked up, all he saw was the ceiling of that nursing home room, stark white. When he looked around, all he saw was everything he owned, a telephone, a typewriter, a few clothes. A man who was a banker and handled thousands of dollars daily had trouble opening his wallet to get out a $1 bill. When he looked at his bank account, there was very little left after his medical bills were paid. You see, it makes no difference if you have substantial wealth or you have an overdrawn checking account. Whether you are free to move about or confined to a chair, whether you love your work or you dread going to work, ultimately your circumstances have nothing to do with the depth of joy in your life. I know that's hard to believe, but this is the promise that is given to us when we have faith in Christ and walk with him. In Lenny's Christian Workers New Testament, printed in 1942 in the King James Version, which reads a little more awkwardly for us today, verses eight and nine of 1 Peter 1 read this way, whom having not seen ye love, in whom though now ye see him not, yet believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, 
even the salvation of your souls. Lenny believed that. His little pocket Bible is worn and weathered because he carried it with him in his back pocket everywhere he went before he was confined to that wheelchair. Our joy, our hope, our peace is not based upon what we see. It's not based upon what we own or where we can go or what we can do. It is not dependent upon what happens to happen in our happenings when they happen. When we express faith, God works in us to bring about the desired result. And one of the main byproducts of his work is that we would have joy, that our faith would lend to joy. You won't find joy anywhere else. Maybe you'll find temporary happiness, but you won't find crazy happiness like has been talked about the last few weeks. Happiness is dependent upon happenings. Deep-seated joy and contentment are only found through faith in Jesus Christ. In life, there are happenings over which we have no control, right? You don't have to live long to know that you can't control everything that happens. And so for those things that make a play to steal our joy, we turn to the Word of God for hope. Whether it's the Psalms or whether it's the New Testament passages, we turn to the Word of God and we were reminded that our hope is based upon a solid foundation, not sinking sand. And then there are some things in life over which we have control. One of those things is our decision to express faith in Christ Jesus. We have control over making that decision or saying no to what God is offering. Lenny discovered that joy in his decision to follow Jesus. And in spite of his circumstances, he experienced crazy, happy joy from the world's perspective. That joy only comes through knowing Jesus, from being grounded in the Word of God. You might not be in a wheelchair today. Your disease may not be physically debilitating. It might be. But the question is this, will you trust Jesus to lead you beyond circumstances so that you can find contentment, deep sense of contentment in life? Will you let him fill you with inexpressible and glorious joy, as Peter tells us, can be true? If you're here this morning and you're debating whether or not you should follow Jesus and express faith, our team that's present here in the front of the church after we're dismissed would love to talk to you further about what it means to follow Jesus. If you're listening online today, you can text JOURNEY to, to 951-425-4425. We would love to help you know what it means to follow Jesus. As we're dismissed today, if you need prayer, you want to make a decision to follow Jesus. I encourage you, I urge you to come forward and speak to one of the members of our team. Would you stand as we pray this morning in closing? Father God, we are so grateful for the work of Jesus Christ. And we pray that even now, you might help us to experience that deep sense of contentment 
knowing that there's things we face this afternoon or tomorrow or next week or next month that are gonna be challenging. And we ask that you might go before us, preparing our hearts and minds so that we can represent the powerful work of Jesus Christ to a world that does not know joy as we understand it, that does not experience happiness the way we understand it. And so, Father, in your great mercy, we rejoice today and give you praise. In the powerful name of Jesus, we ask this. Amen. God bless you as you go. Have a great week.